0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Anybody got New Year's resolutions? Anybody got any news? I'm not going to ask you to tell me. Just anybody make some, right, some New Year's resolutions? I think they're fun. I think they're fun to do. But I thought it would be really fun to see if you guys can tell me what the top five are. The top five New Year's resolutions that people make are. Uh, what do you guys think that number one is? Oh, that's good. Let's see what number one was. Everybody say it together. Oh, yeah, of course. This is like family feud now. Survey says, what's number two? <laughs> Budget. I like that one, man. That was a good one. I don't know that's on here. Oh, okay. Well, what's number three? Oh, you're supposed to, yeah, we go. All right, now, at Family Feud, the whole crowd says it when it comes up together in unison. So I feel like we need to do that. Can you back up one so we can do this right? All right, just back up one or two. All right, so here's, what's number two? Oh, see, it works. All right, what's number three? All right, fantastic. And Give More to the Church was in there. I think there's something in there. All right, what's what's number four? Oh, that's right. Anybody doing that one? Going to learn a new skill this week, this year? Anybody going to learn a new? You got one? A new skill, new hobby this year? That's exciting. All right. Uh, and then the last one. This is this, is, this top five. Is yeah. Well, unless you're the South Bend, in which case you're going to start smoking beef and pork, and it's gonna be awesome. I love New Year's resolutions. I think they're fun. I think some people really kind of get irritated by them because they're like, well, I mean, I just wanna have the same kind of year I had before. It was great. Everything's fine. Why do I need to have a New Year's resolution? I don't know, I get it. I totally understand it. I think it's kind of fun. The trouble is, like I've mentioned before to you at other times, I'm really awesome at New Year's resolutions for at least two weeks. (laughs) But this year's gonna be a big year, amen? We got good stuff going on for all of us. We got to stick together. We're going to help each other. We're going to pull it in. And it starts with a really, really good workout plan. Everybody got, like, they like working out? Everybody like working out? I got an idea. Now, wait till I say hit it. Let's see if I got some stuff here. I got my froggy here. Let's go right here. We're going to get this going this morning. I got my headband. You guys like this so far? <laughs> it's a good look. So look, let's see say if this says anything inappropriate. Oh, 13.1 miles, I'm only half crazy. Okay, I think this goes around your neck or something. But then the piece de resistance is right here. All right, there we go. I'm gonna need some people, y'all stand up. Let's get this going this morning, let's hit it. All right, here we go, let's go. Can Come on everybody, stand up, let's get going. Woo, dance, let's do it. Nobody's standing up with you, let's go. This is what we meant, right? To be Richard, except, except. Oh, check that. That's not what we were doing. But how about a little round of applause for old Richard Simmons, man? You gotta love, you gotta love Richard Simmons. Now I gotta figure out how to get all this stuff off and not have anything inappropriate. Show. Next four weeks, we're doing workout plan. Who's excited? It's not quite like that, but it's sort of similar. We're going to dive into some concepts about how do you build a spiritual faith? How do you become stronger in that spiritual walk? And so the workout plan is about stretching, which is going to be about seeking truth and seeking answers. It's going to be about lifting. Anybody like lifting? Where am I lifting people out there? Oh, I love lifting. It's awesome. That's going to be about serving. And then we're going to have the time of cool down. Being reminded about community. But this week is cardio. We're gonna hit cardio. Now, anybody else out there hate cardio as part of their workout? Oh, I cannot stand cardio. Who's who are my cardio people that love it? Y'all scream out. I'd much rather lift weights, right? Because like it's the same reason I enjoyed playing football more than I enjoyed playing soccer. I wasn't good at soccer because they don't stop running. At least in football, you know, like you go for a little while, then the play is done. Baseball, same thing. You run for a little while, but it's only 90 feet, and then you stop, right? <laughs> Soccer, they don't stop running. It's crazy. But I think it's easier to handle the strain in bits, but I'm not as good at the endurance. I think that's part of the deal. And here's the thing. I think so it is with matters of the heart. See, what moves your heart is what moves your faith. Where your treasure is, I think I read this somewhere, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, Matthew 6, 21, right? We know that that's the case, right? So what you let be important to you is important to your heart, which moves your faith life. Everybody got that? What's important to you, where you put your energy, where you put your treasure, where you put your focus, is going to influence your heart, which is going to influence your faith life, your spiritual walk and cardio. Is about elevating that heart rate and then keeping it up, right? So, how do we get our heart going in our spiritual life? Let's read some scripture together. This is coming from Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, let's see if we got it. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. All right. Let's take a second and talk about who is in this. Anybody heard this scripture before? Please tell me you've heard the scripture before I read it on Christmas. All right, so you know about this story a little bit. I think it's helpful to unpack these characters just for just a second because we, we really don't hear a ton about them. And it's, this is a really, really important part of scripture. First of all, we have the wise men, right? Which were like um, scientists, astrologers, studiers of, of everything that they could come up with, right? These magi. They were seekers of wisdom. But the important thing that it says is that they were from the where? Everybody all together. They were from the East. Now that's an important thing to note because what that means is they were not insiders. right. The Roman Empire was where it was, and King Herod was kind of a client king, right? So so some people would say that Herod at this time had converted to Judaism, but nobody really knew, and it didn't matter. But he was his job was to rule over the Jewish people. Right? So the Jews could exist in the Roman Empire as long as they kept the what? Anybody remember? Kept the peace. As long as you keep the peace. If you start making a fuss or you start getting people up tight, that's when all of a sudden the Romans are gonna step in and be like, all right, we're gonna lay the hammer down. And they don't lay the hammer down like, peacefully, let's work it out. I mean they lay probably the literal, <laughs> literal hammer down, right? So this is Herod and this is wise men. This is who we got so far in this story. But what it means for us is that the wise men are outsiders. They don't belong. They're from the east. They're not part of this group that should even be paying attention to this necessarily. That's an important thing to note. But King Herod is an insider as a king of the Jews. All right, here we go. When King Herod heard, that, heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. That's one of those moments that I just got to take for a second, to think about what kind of message that was going around at this time that these guys came into this town to talk to King Herod, and it was so disturbing to King Herod that the rest of the entire country was affected by it. They'd been waiting and hoping too, right? They knew some of the prophecy. They knew what was to come, right? And it troubled them to think, what if it is actually here? When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Now, this is another important note. These outsiders, this, these wise men. They go straight into the biggest city there is with this dangerous person in charge. And they say to him, hey, I know you're in charge and all. And it's really cool that you're here and, and, and doing what you're doing. We think it's neat. We're from the East, we don't really care, but you know, here you are as the king. Um, we heard that there's a new king that's gonna come and overthrow you. Um, so we're just wondering, you know, if you knew anything about it, right? Like, this is a dangerous thing to be doing, and they're in the middle of public, so much so that everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But here's King Herod. He wants to handle it in secret. He wants to keep it on the hush-hush. Why? Because who wants to be overthrown as a king? Amen? The other thing that's interesting here is the wise men notice something happening. They noticed that something had appeared in the sky that was different. They noticed that there was a movement that was happening, and it was life-changing enough for them to go all this way, leave their own place to try to figure out what it was that was happening. And they react by uprooting, heading out of their own town, and going to try to honor this new king, Jesus. But Herod reacts by setting up walls to keep Jesus out, setting up an offensive to try to squash this as quickly as possible. Verse 5 says, In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, they're answering Herod's question, for this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Everybody say, thanks be to God. That's the word right there. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Okay, so now he's got his science shoes on, man. He's ready to go. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, I feel like this is like how he would say, this is Herod's voice. Absolutely no question about it. I'm not making this up. Go and search carefully for the child. Don't you feel like he would talk like that? <laughs> as soon as you find him, report him to me that I too may go and worship him. Hey. All right, Disney's on the phone. All right, they want me. <laughs> After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, and until it stopped over the place where the child was, which is incredible. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him straight away first thing that happens when they saw him was they bowed down and worshiped him. These are rulers from the east. These are folks that have some power and some influence. These are folks that are wealthy enough to travel all this way, probably with some sort of honorage to keep them safe. So you're thinking about all of these folks that all of a sudden arrive at this place and the first thing they do, this has gotta be incredibly confusing to everybody else that's with them because everything in their minds would be saying, what, like you just came to figure this out you just came to understand who this was you just came to just sort of knock on the door of faith and say hey we're just real curious as to what's going on there but I don't really want to get involved and do they hit the deck and start to worship this child and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod they returned to their country by another route this is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Now, see, let's think about this. What ultimately happens on their journey, right? The wise men encounter Jesus, and their lives are changed, and history remembers them. There's song after song. We three kings of Orient are to, And then, they traveled through the more and fields field and fountain following. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, like, this is like a chanting. I remember when I was a little kid, it was cool to be the king in the little Christmas play because you got to come in and you got to have the big robes and all this stuff. And I don't even know why they really thought we were kings necessarily. It doesn't really matter. They were people of influence, and they came and gave up that spot of influence, putting themselves in danger just to worship Jesus. Their lives are changed, and history remembers it. Herod... Nope, we don't remember Herod. As a matter of fact, He's kept from seeing Jesus, and most other people, most people when they talk about Herod, especially the Herod that was around when Jesus was being crucified, not even the same Herod. This guy is just like a nobody. This is all we really know about this guy. He just happened to be in this one place at this one time, and he was scared because he wanted to be overthrown, and I can't really blame him, but what's more incredible about this is that these three wise men give up that status, give up that place, they're outsiders, they shouldn't be there, and they bow down and worship him. It's an absurd story. But it goes on, because they don't just bow down and worship. They immediately offer their gifts. But Herod offers violence. Wise men leave in a new direction. But Herod lives in fear, then dies shortly after this. Now, I'm going to save you a lot of time here, because I'm going to give you your New Year's resolutions. You all ready? Ready? This is when, if you're taking notes in your head or you're going to text yourself something later or you're writing stuff down in your scriptures, this, this is your New Year's resolution. Everybody say, thanks, Pastor Matt. Thanks, Pastor. Oh, no problem. Okay. Here's number one. From this story, here's our New Year's resolutions. Make outsiders important in your life. Make the outsiders important. Outsiders aren't just people you read about on the news, you see on TV. They're the folks that when you're at work, you know that they sit alone and not because they want to they are those folks at school that nobody wants to talk to because they're weird. God's gospel is for all of us, church. Make the outsiders important. Two. <laughs> this is gonna be one, for, this is gonna be one that's gonna stay right here, too. Look for Jesus everywhere. Look for Jesus in the places that you didn't quite even expect it. Let God lead you to those faraway places, maybe through a little bit of danger, maybe through a little bit of chaos, maybe to a place where you have to give up a little bit about who you are to see and encounter the Lord. Look for Jesus everywhere. Number three, holy interruptions are a good thing. Holy interruptions are a good thing. There's story after story about people in this community, and I'm talking about this Christ South community, that have come in and been like, Matt, I did not want to get involved in a church, and now I can't live without it. Matt, I had no idea that this was going to be important to me, and yet God made it important to me. Holy interruptions are a good thing. Number four, lay your gifts before the Lord. When you encounter God, entrust your gifts to Jesus. We're going to talk about this all year long. We've been talking about it for the last two. Every time we talk about this, we always say the same thing, that your gifts God gave you not just for yourself, but to serve God's kingdom. Amen? Use them. Last, when you encounter Jesus, get ready to have your direction changed. When you encounter Jesus, Get ready to have your direction changed. See, the Magi came to worship, but they went home by another route. And it's important that we know this, this for a couple of reasons. One, there's the historical significance that they didn't actually go back and talk to Herod. But what's even more incredible about it is that they went back by a completely different way, which was even more expensive, probably even more dangerous... And they still had Herod waiting for them and probably searching after them about why they didn't come back. This was a risk they were willing to take for Jesus. That's your cardio. That's your heart movement. It's not that crazy, but basically what this is, church, is if you want God to move in your life and you want to hear more about what God's up to and you want to feel those moments where your heart starts to really get going, show up to worship. Show up to encounter Jesus, where you know Christ is present in, with, and under the bread and the wine, where you know Christ is present in the word proclaimed. As we hear and read scripture together, the Holy Spirit gets moving. And I don't know if you're a youth and you're not fired up about what Jeff Taylor's got rolling right now, man, you haven't been paying attention. There's some incredible stuff here, and it's not because Jeff's a neat guy, although you are, it's because the Holy Spirit is active in this house, amen? Show up! I've been so excited to show you this because this is what I'm talking about. I've been wanting to show you for a while but I had to hold up because I wasn't ready and then I had to hold up because I wanted to get past Christmas. But I want you to see a little thing about how worship changed the direction of a family.
1: If I was to describe my life before I came to know God, I would say that I became a mother before I was 21. What was supposed to be a happy time in my life was met with criticism from people that I really thought were supposed to love you and care for you. And these people happened to be Christian. When I had my oldest daughter and she was just exactly what we had hoped, she was perfect and healthy and all these things that you just hope for your child when you're caring. In the midst of all of that, in the midst of all of our happiness, there was a heavy criticism in the back that I could not shake. And on the outside, it looked great. On the inside, it felt terrible. Felt super lonely. I would could be in a... It's lonely where you're in a room of people, my kids are running and playing, and I was by myself. I felt alone in a room of screaming children laughing and playing, I felt alone. I felt really helpless in that I I knew I needed to build up myself, but I didn't have the tools that I needed to do it. So I found a counselor. I specifically picked her out because she did not have any Christian affiliations or religious affiliations in any way. That is the last thing that I needed at the time was that opinion. I didn't want to hear it and I definitely I went to her and I was there every two weeks for a year. And finally at the end, I said, you know, I need to find and go out and be myself. I need to find somewhere that I can not feel alone constantly. So she said to me, have you ever thought about going to church? And I was like, hey, that's not what I pay you for. (laughs) No. I haven't. I came home and I told my husband, I was like, you're not gonna believe what she said today. And he said, yeah, we probably should. (laughs) I was like, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what we're doing. Like, we're gonna work this out. We can put the kids in sports. We can, I don't know, go to the Y. Let's join the Y or something. And then I have a neighbor across the street one day and she said, hey, you got a lot of kids. You might wanna try out this. Christ South. They're supposed to be great for kids. You should see the pastor; he's super fun. They're meeting at a school and I'm like, yeah, that sounds great, but it's in a gym that's a little bit sketched. Like I was super, I was very critical. I mean, this wasn't something that I wanted to do. So I said, okay, let's try a traditional kind of church. It was great. I liked, I liked it. It just didn't suit us. There we are on the balcony. They're wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. It's just you know, it's just kids. But when you're uncomfortable in a place, and then when you have three kids that are wiggly, it's even worse. And so it was just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. I said, so, all right, let's try the church and the gym, and see how that works out. We went, and the first Sunday that we were there, Matt met us at the door, and he said, hey, do you play ball? I'm like. Yes, I do. And he said, why don't you talk to Ashley? He's crazy about sports too. And so that's where it all began. Group of people that I had something in common with that were teaching me something, the initial come play softball with us, that was that initial seed that I needed to plant my spot at Christ They made me feel like I was important, like I had a place. Like I had a job, like I offered something. And turns out that the church wasn't actually a building. A church is actually people. And it's A a moving, growing community. That's what I needed. I didn't need a building because I tried the traditional building and that didn't work. I needed people in my life that could be friends with, that could help me learn and teach me without judging It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter where you come from, how much money you have. We're all together. We're all here. We're all in a building. This is what a community does. A place that I thought I did not want to ever be, now I feel like I don't ever want to, I want to stay. The people that I thought I never wanted in my life, now I can't imagine my life without them. This is what God delivered to me, and this is what Christ happened.
0: This year is going to be about celebrating that. It's going to be about celebrating that moment changed everything. About looking for the places in our lives where that moment that we get to enter into other people's lives into community, to make that invitation, to show some community love, to be met with some fellowship, or even softball. (laughs) That moment changed everything. This year we're going to hear stories about it. We're going to tell stories about it. We're going to live stories of change in people's lives because it matters. The very first year we got going, do anybody remember what the year was? It was the year of inspiration. And the second year that we had together as Christ South was the year of infrastructure. I know, sounds fun, doesn't it? Third year we had was the year of invitation. And we remember that God is with us always, no matter where we go. And we called out to people, and we reached so many this past year. This year is the year of community. It's the year of community. And we're going to live our lives being changed through this community. Seeing what God is going to do here is going to be amazing. So maybe 2019 for you wasn't that exciting before, but I hope it is now. Because God is going to move in your life Maybe knock the dust off the faith a little bit. Maybe it'll help you to feel more spiritually healthy. Maybe it'll help you to finally get past that rut. Brothers and sisters, this is the time. You want to see God move in your life? Show up. Show up here. Bow before Jesus and worship and offer your gifts, just like the Magi. This is the challenge this year. Come to worship. Come be a part of this community. You are important. Outsiders. If you feel like an outsider in this place, maybe I just don't belong. Maybe I don't believe like all those other people. Some of them raised their hands in worship. That's crazy. (laughs) I could never do it. You belong here too. This is your home. And God's going to do amazing things. So open your heart to the work of God. And then let Jesus change the road you're on. Pray with me if you would. God, you are so good. You meet us inside and change us from the inside out, the places that we feel like we're not good enough, all our weaknesses, Lord, like Jeff preached about last week. You meet us in the midst of those weaknesses, and you become our strength. God, we ask that you would bless this congregation this year. All the people in this place, Lord, that you would bless them, that you would lay your word upon their hearts, that you would lay healing upon their relationships, that you would lay your work of inspiration in their lives, that they might be here. Come and see and taste and know that you are good. So shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good. It is God who made us, and we are his. We are God's people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.